As we do this time every Tuesday, we're talking legal matters with Turner Freeman lawyers and we're looking specifically at medical negligence. And maybe you've you've been one of the people who've been retrained, you've lost your job and had to start a new job, maybe at Coles or Woolies. They've been recruiting a lot of people to keep up with demand. Have you been trained effectively? Maybe you're a nurse or a tradie. Are you struggling to find personal protective equipment for your work? Let us know, 131873, if you've got any legal questions. Dennis Kim is a personal injury lawyer with Turner Freeman Sydney office, and he's on the line for us now. Dennis, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, Deb. How are you? Yeah, good. I know that there's always a, a link between inexperienced workers, people who, who aren't trained effectively. Maybe they've got time pressures and they suffer an injury. Are they then really in the, in the running, potentially, for legal help if something goes wrong? Look, they are. Um, because of COVID-19, workers are being asked to work differently. And in some cases, this is leading to unsafe practices. Uh, some awards and agreements have temporarily modified, uh, been temporarily modified to allow employers to place their employees into different roles within their organisation. Um, it's been done to avoid standing down employees for whom there would not otherwise be any work available. But it's meant that some workers are now performing duties that they're unfamiliar with. And... Uh, Workers need to keep in mind that they have the right to stop or refuse unsafe, refuse unsafe work if, if there's a reasonable health and safety concern. So it could include exposure to hazards, not being provided personal protective equipment or not being given adequate training, time or resources, as you point out. Um, if, if there's any concerns about health and safety, we would recommend that you raise them with your employer first. And if that doesn't resolve the issue, then you should turn to your union or to a lawyer. And um, if a worker decides to stop work, uh, they should notify their employer as soon as possible and be available to carry out alternative work. It's tough, though. It's a big call for someone who, you know, you might have lost your job, you've just gotten work in another field, you're worried about your future, you know, raising questions in the workplace. I mean, it's easier said than done. I agree. It really is. I mean, in this current economic climate um, where you are worried about your position and your tenure, that, that's right. That is a real practical concern. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you're weighing up your safety and, um, and, and your family might be relying on you to, to stay safe and well. So a job's a job, but you have to stay safe uh, and it's your right to raise these concerns if you have, um, if there's a safe safety or, or health concern. And what, and what stage does it stop becoming the responsibility of the employer and it's up to you to have personal responsibility to make sure that you're safe? Uh, look, employers have actually quite a, a heavy burden um, when it comes to duty of care. So it's a non-delegable duty of care, even if your employee uh, is reckless or doesn't put their own hand up, it doesn't excuse the employer. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a parent-child relationship. There's, there's uh, quite a high duty placed on them. So if a worker's injured, and even if they haven't put their hand up, if the system of work provided by the employer was unsafe, then they'll be liable. Um, mm. There's also, I should mention, there's uh, the Work Health and Safety Act and the Fair Work Act pr protect employees against adverse action taken against them by employers. So if you put your hand up and your employer uh, dismisses you for raising a safety concern or um, discriminates against you, perhaps doesn't give you shifts, for instance, and gives other people shifts instead, uh, then th they can be issues you can raise under those acts. And there's compensation available for lost earnings from that adverse action or discrimination. And also civil penalties, which can go into the tens of thousands of dollars payable by the employer to the 
to the employee. Um, so th- there are remedies available. Mm, okay. You might have a question for Dennis Kim from Turner Freeman Lawyers. Give us a bell now, 131873. We've got a $100 Westfield voucher to give away to the best caller as well as answer any of your questions that you've got about workplace injuries or medical negligence. Give us a bell. Chris is with us with a question from Wagga. Hey, Chris. Okay. Uh, listen, yeah, well. my, my, um, you know, when my uh, son was in the Army for four years, He's since he's since been medically discharged. He um, he's actually a, a rather um, massive young man, very well bodily built. He dislocated his kneecap, um, fractured his femur, dislocated his other kneecap. They operated on one knee and totally buggered it up. Um, now they've put their hands in the air and medically discharged him. Um, He's obviously going to get a bit of a payout from DBA, which won't be a lot. He's a 24-year-old boy um, at home, at home, medically discharged with two totally destroyed knees. Jeez. And the army has put their hands up and said he's at home now, medically discharged. So obviously we're going to, we're going to get his knees fixed. I'm, I'm presuming the army will pay for that. Yes, but legally, true. where does legally we've been to CA solicitor, and the solicitor said, well. We've really got. We really want to don't don't go at the army. And I'm thinking, 24 year old boy, you probably won't be able to work again. Or who's going to employ a 24 year old man with two buggered knees until we get them fixed? But like four years, he suffered for two and a half years in pain. And and I I just. It doesn't seem right to me for a soldier. Chris, that's a terrible story that your son's placed in and the fact that it is impacting him and you, the whole family. What are his options, Dennis? Look, it it does sound unjust um, if he can't work because of the injury and it was caused because of his service. He should be compensated for it. I'm not sure. I can't comment on the other legal advice that you've received, but I do encourage you to get other opinions. If it doesn't feel right, usually there's a reason why. Um, yep. So that's the only advice I can really give without knowing more about the matter. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a, a good point to make, Dennis. Generally, if it doesn't feel right, it's worth following up. I hope you have some, some joy with it, Chris, and uh, get back in yeah. contact with us if you don't because it's one of those things. Yeah. 24, Thanks you shouldn't be much. facing that sort of a future. Good on you, Chris. Judy's with us too. Hi, Judy. Hi. Yes, um, I'm concerned that, you know, the Woolworths and Coles people go on TV and talk about how they're looking after their staff and blah blah and yet in my vicinity there's a coals that absolutely has nothing anymore nobody checking nobody counting how many people go in the store was absolutely packed yesterday and there was one guy at the front wiping the handrails of the trolleys but with the same piece of paper over and over and over again and the staff at Woolworths most of the Woolworths now don't have the screens up anymore and the staff have been told no they cannot wear masks or or wear gloves mm. it's, a, it's an interesting how, point how that... are we looking after them because these guys in these stores are probably the most at risk because they have different hundreds of people a day going past mm. them yeah it's a good point judy dennis what's your what's your view on that look um i agree the infection control um, that's in place. It's all very new for everyone and it's very hard to implement it properly. Um, and there are, I mean, everyone's observing there are mistakes being made, um, Woolworths and Coles, no exception. So as employers, for, for their duty to the employees, if they haven't got a reasonable 
system in place and they're not they're not enforcing it and their employees contract COVID or uh, are ill or have an existing condition aggravated by COVID because of their exposure at work and the unreasonable steps taken at work to protect them, then they will be liable um, and there will be a claim for those workers. Mm. All right. Good on you, Dennis. Thank you for the for the answer to Judy there. You might have a question as well. Give us a call. 131 873 is the open line number. We'll take a quick break. and We've got a $100 Westfield voucher to give away as well to the best call. So if you have a legal question, anything to do with workplace injuries, give us a bell now. We're speaking with Dennis Kim from Turner Freeman Lawyers. Ten minutes to two. It is Tuesday. This time every week we talk legal matters with Turner Freeman Lawyers. On the line is Dennis Kim and we're looking specifically today at workplace injuries. If you've got a legal question, give us a bell now. One three one eight seven three. John, hello. What's your question for Dennis? Um, well, I'm an IT support person, do remote and on site. Now, normally my business is um, I go to a site and I will teach people how to, in a particular, their essential service companies, how to use particular piece of software. Now, my dilemma is at the moment is that I have been asked to go to this particular company. Uh, they say they'll manage all the um, the uh, compliance of, you know, spaces and, and what have you. I'm just concerned there'll probably be about 15 people in the room, um, whether that's dangerous, whether that's legal. I mean, uh, they, they'll, they'll have masks on and all of that sort of thing, but I'm just wondering where I stand with this legally. My understanding is that if you're attending for work, then the social distancing rules don't apply normally as they do in the general community. Um, also, with being off-site, I have to add that doesn't excuse your employer from protecting you. They would have to check that the systems and, and the arrangements made are, are going to be reasonable and protect you. So, um, I hope I'm, I'm, the, I'm, 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 I'm a self... I'm a, a sole trader. I'm the guy that goes oh, I understand. for other companies. Right, got you. I'm just wondering where I stand in terms of doing this because I don't want to be liable, obviously. I want to help them out. And, yes, uh, of course. And, it, and it's a pretty desperate situation. They need to get this app up and running for all their staff. Um, yeah. Do you have your own uh, insurance to cover yourself? In, uh, professional indemnity, yes. And also public liability. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, right, yeah. Well, that, that's the policy that would apply to yourself in that case. But um, as for the measure that they're proposing to take, they do sound reasonable. I, I mean, that's. I think that might be more of a health question, though, than a legal question that you're asking um, about whether it's safe and whether you could attend. Uh, the measures that you mentioned, though, do sound reasonable. Yeah, and it's worth asking those questions. As you say, if, if you're concerned about the health measures that they're taking within a workplace, then you're well within your rights, aren't you, Dennis, to, to raise those concerns and Most definitely. ask them to adhere to the, the restrictions. Yeah. Yep. All right, good question, John. Thank you. Hi, Sarah. What's your question for Dennis? Um, hi, yeah. Um, I have a, a pre-existing um, mental health condition um, that I didn't disclose to my workplace um, about 18 months into my job, um, due to sort of the, the pressure that work was giving me, um, I think an exacerbation of symptoms and ended right. up in hospital for three months right. um, and Don't not able that. to work. Right. Um, yeah, and I was just wondering if, I ha if there's like anything that I can do um, to gain back sort of the, the time that I haven't been able put to work. I did mention to the employer that I was sort of burnt out and you know, unable to 
take more referrals, but they did anyway. Hmm. Look, um, definitely yes, and and I'm, uh, I mean this this applies to any worker who has got pre-existing conditions, but uh, returns to work and 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 gets back to capacity, and then has their pre-existing condition reactivated or aggravated or deteriorated by their next employment. So if if it can be shown that the next employment was the main contributing factor to that. Uh, aggravation or deterioration, then you are covered. Um, and if, as you say, you put your hand up and said, look, the workload's too high, um, I'm struggling here, and they didn't respond to that, then that also um, adds to that as well. And are you obliged to, Dennis, to let your employer know about a pre-existing mental condition do you, or, or health condition? Do you do you have to let them know, or is that is that not a requirement? Look, it's... it's if some employers may ask it explicitly, and I, I wouldn't, um, you know, advise to lie. Uh, but if they don't ask, are you obliged to be forthcoming? Look, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's a it's a, a private matter, and as long as it's not going to impinge on your ability to perform the duties, and if it's not a relevant factor for them to discriminate against you for, then um, yeah, look, if it's not relevant, it's not relevant. Yeah, I hope that helps, Sarah. That's a, a good point to raise because there are so many question marks, aren't there, surrounding what we are in. This is uncharted territory in so many ways, and it particularly is in workplaces. A lot of people are, are still not in the workplace yet. They're still working from home but um, yeah lots of issues are raised as a result of it. Dennis thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Dennis Kim there and if you've got a question uh, from him or of any of the other lawyers at Turner Freeman you can visit their website turnerfreeman.com.au you can give them a call on 134363 and I think we might give our $100 Westfield voucher to Judy today which had the, she had the question there about the Woolies staff and supermarket staff whether or not there's some obligation from the supermarkets to ensure they're protected. So we'll send that out to you, Judy, in the mail. You've got yourself a $100 Westfield voucher.